welcome to Crime Culture. That's us. It is us. <laughs> and I'm Haley and you're Caitlin. That is me. That's us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, this week's case, we're going to jump straight into it. I thought that there wasn't going to be a ton of information on it. And then oh. I really started researching it, and then there's a lot of information. <laughs> it's one of those. I love yeah. those. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Uh, I'll get to like the pop culture stuff, of course, at the end, but I just rewatched the movie that's based on this case. And, okay. And I'll have some thoughts. Okay. Yeah. We love thoughts. <laughs> we love some thoughts. So Love us some thotties. Okay. <laughs> this is the case of Mike Finkel and Christian Longo. Hey! And, yes. So Finkel was a writer for the New York Times until 2002 when it was discovered that he lied writing a story that he had covered on the African slave trade. Um, the article was titled, Is Yusef Male a Slave? Um, while he was there, there was somebody named Yusef Male among the young men that he had interviewed for the article. Uh, but his story, as Finkel wrote it, was actually constructed from bits and pieces of other young men's stories. So uh, Finkel said, quote, I had achieved my dream job, essentially, which was to become a writer for the New York Times magazine. I was sent to West Africa to write a story about slavery and chocolate. There were allegations that child laborers in the cocoa plantations of West Africa were enslaved. It was very difficult to interview these young workers, and there were language barriers. And when I got home from reporting, I made a very foolish decision, one that pains me to this day, to combine a number of interviews together to create the ideal interview and i didn't tell my editors any of this and i handed in the story that was essentially a combination of fact and fiction it was a story that broke some of the rules of journalism journalism in the new york times and it was a very foolish decision end quote okay which yeah like to put it mildly yeah so <laughs> i I'm not a journalist, so I don't have, like, that journalistic integrity. But he did get all of the information, like, all the information that he got was real, but not just about that one person. Right. So he grabbed a little from this boy's tragic story he and then this like boy's story. He made it like a little story. information buffet. Yeah. But when you work for the New York Times, you can't No do buffets. That. <laughs> yes. No when hashtag for, fake news. When you work for any uh, prestigious establishment yes yes yeah you can't do that so the story Finkel's, no. yeah the story finkel submitted purported to profile the adolescent west african boy who sold himself into slavery on a cocoa plantation on the ivory coast and the story was published with photographs including one that uh, one described as being that of male after publication an official of save the children contacted finkel to say that the boy pictured was not male upon questioning by his editors finkel admitted that the boy profile in the article was in fact a composite of several boys he had interviewed and he was fired so that okay sucks. yeah sucks but like don't fucking yeah, write a fake article exactly like you he had it coming Yes. Yeah. Meanwhile, Christian Longo was a wanted man in connection with the murder of his wife, Mary Jane, and their three children. After the body of his four-year-old son, Zachary, was found on December 19, 2001, divers located that of his three-year-old daughter, Sadie. Those of Mary Jane and their two-year-old daughter, Madison, were found five days later. After he That's fled fucked. the United States, uh, yeah, it is pretty fucked. So after he fled the United States, he was recognized in Cancun on December 27th, 2001 at a hotel. 
The next day in Lincoln County, Oregon, a federal arrest warrant issued in the United States District Court of for the District of Oregon charged him with multiple counts of aggravated murder and unlawful flight. He left the hotel on January 7, 2002 and was captured six days later without incident in the small town of Tullum, uh, about 80 miles south of Cancun. Uh, he was taken into what? Lajala. Lajala. <laughs> yes. Uh, T U L U M. Tulum. 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 I'm thinking right. like I'm thinking like Tulum just because I've got like Um Kultum that song from the band's visit stuck in my head. All right, but Tulum. Maybe. Uh, so he was. I don't know. He was taken into custody um, at George Bush Intercontinental Airport on January 14th, 2002, and he was sentenced to death in 2003. Years later, Longo admitted to being a narcissist in a letter that he wrote to KATU-TV, a Portland, Oregon television station. He wrote that he eventually began studying what a psychologist said I was and came to terms with it, almost totally agreeing that he was right. His conclusion was that narcissistic personality disorder, which was called uh, compensatory? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically self-centeredness related to a damaged core sense of oneself. Yeah. Um, he's currently incarcerated on death row at Oregon State Penitentiary. Capital punishment is still legal in Oregon, but there is a moratorium against execution since 2011. So now the question is, how are these two people related? <laughs> Cause that, I'm sure you're going to tell us. Yeah. So, uh, getting a little bit more into Longo's backstory, um, he came from a town called, all right, it's Y-P-S-I-L-A-N-T-I. Oh, Ypsilanti, I think. Ypsilanti? Okay, yeah. good. That's what it's going to be. I've heard of it. I think <laughs> that's it's it. It's in Michigan. We're going to, we're um, going to, we're going to get nailed this week. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, Chris <laughs> we're going to hear it. Chris was raised in a stable middle-class home. He and Mary Jane Baker were um, part of the same congregation, and they married when Chris was 19 and Mary Jane was 25. And Mary Jane's sister, Penny DePuy, says that Longo was a real-life Prince Charming. Quote, he made other wives jealous because Chris did all the things that a husband is supposed to do, she explained. Um, Mary Jane wanted children, and she was thrilled to become a full-time mom when Zachary, Sadie, and Madison came along. At 22, Longo took a job with a company that distributed the New York Times in Ypsilanti. Driven to succeed, he worked his way up to manager, and he eventually developed a fondness for reading the Times, especially articles featured by writer Michael Finkel. Ah. Uh, Longo was later yes. Longo would later tell Finkel that he envied the writer's worldwide adventures. "Quote: He told me that if he was a writer, he'd like to do the same stories that I wrote. In other words, he was somewhat of a fan." End quote. That's what Finkel said about um, speaking to yeah. Longo. Longo's own life, however, was far less exotic. At 25, he quit his job to start up Final Touch, which was a cleaning company for contractors. DePuy said that the Longos had a lot of good things. Um, quote, I was wondering about the vacations they took. They were always driving brand new cars, either uh, somebody's helping, I'm thinking, Chris's parents, or that they're in major debt, end quote. DePuy's suspicions were right, and Longo was in debt, although he bragged to Mary Jane and everyone else that his business was booming. 
which is probably one of the most uh, toxic personalities. Yeah. It's like... To put it mildly. Yeah. When you're in debt and you have three children and you need help, you got to tell someone you need help. Yeah. It doesn't help anyone to be like, oh, yeah, my business is doing great. And then stealing and lying and everything. Right. It's only going to make things worse. Yeah. It's just a snowball of bad decisions. Yeah. Uh, Quote, I think... Honestly and truly, the most important thing to Chris was his image and money, end quote. That was um, Mary Jane's sister. And that's um, in line with a narcissistic personality, so that would make exactly. sense. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but neither Mary Jane nor anyone else knew uh, about the debt. And to keep up appearances, Longo had turned to crime to get most of his money. Uh, he took a minivan for a test drive and then just never brought it back, which I guess you can do. Uh, I don't know how fast you'd be caught with that. Because don't they, like, take all your information when you have to go do a test drive? I mean, depending on where you go, like, I went, when I bought a car this past year, and I went to multiple dealerships. Some of them were like, here are the keys, just go ahead. And some of them were like all right, like, what's your name? Can yeah, we right? have the car that you brought as collateral? Yeah, exa- exactly. And like, but, like, I think it really it depends on, like, is this a used car dealership? Is this, like, a certified, yeah, like, a certified, like, say, like, Toyota dealership or something like that? Like, I think, I think also, it's, Also, it was like, a minivan. I don't think they were really missing it. I don't know, man. Like, those soccer moms get into some shit. I guess. Um... After that, Haven't you seen he, Good Girls on NBC? No. Shameless plug. <laughs> I don't have TV. Neither um, do I. Bitch, we're in the same boat, but we both have Hulu, so Hulu sponsor us. Alright. Uh, okay. After that, he wrote himself nearly $30,000 worth of counterfeit checks from a client, and then he got caught. Um, quote, there was no That's... attempt to cover up anything in this event's investigation, said Detective Fran- Fred Farkas of <laughs> Michigan State Police. Uh... <laughs> He had the goods on the Longos. Quote, we had seven counterfeit checks, which were each 14-year felonies, end quote. Longo confessed, presenting himself as a financially strapped family man. Quote, he just believed in his own mind that he could just walk or talk his way out of these charges, end quote. In fact, Longo got off easy with probation and restitution. Mary Jane believed uh, his promise that his life of crime was over, but then Please. she discovered a crime of the heart and confided in her younger sister, Sally Clark. Quote, uh, she had found an email between Chris and this other woman, and he told her that he had stopped loving her when she started having children and uh, she wasn't fun anymore. And she was spending Whoa. too much time. Yeah. She was spending too much time and attention, you know, towards the kids instead of him. She didn't want her kids to grow up without their father. Uh, said Clark. Sounds like they didn't to, really need their father if right? she was getting all this shit done and he's sitting and there this like, is, it's so my sad. wife isn't tight anymore. <laughs> it's so sad. Um, she continued to say, and she loved Chris so deeply that she wanted it to work out. Oh, honey, no. Yeah. Um, Longo told Mary Jane that he needed a fresh start, so in 2001, just seven weeks after the fraud conviction, he packed up the family and skipped town. Their new home was in a warehouse in Toledo, Ohio. This dude is a fucking mess. Yeah, he is. 
Um, quote, Chris is capable of conning anyone and someone that loves you and wants to believe you. That's probably the easiest con, said DePuy. Two months later, with an arrest warrant out for Longo in Michigan for violating his probation and new reports of stolen property in the Ohio warehouse, the Longos disappeared. Mary Jean's sister went looking uh, for her at the warehouse. Uh, she said, quote, it was awful. I just knew that something was wrong. It looked like somebody was trying to get out of there in a hurry, end quote. Just then, Mary Jane's cell phone uh, was cut off. Quote, there was a feeling in the pit of my stomach that never went away. I don't know uh, what it was, just a feeling that I had to find her, end quote. The sisters now believed uh, that Chris had never been the doting husband that he appeared to be, and desperate- They rarely um, are. Yes. So they were desperate, and they filed a missing persons report. And then in early November, Clark got a card from Mary Jane, and it was mailed from South Dakota. Oh. Yeah. So Hi, Gabby. Hi, <laughs> Gabby. Our friend Gabby lives in South Dakota. Oh, yes. Uh, the Hi, police- Gabby closed the missing person's case but depuy said that she still believed that her sister was in danger and she was right because one month later mary jane and her children would turn up dead in oregon where their cross-country journey had ended and longo was now long gone so detective trish miller got the call and uh, when the first victim was found floating near the bridge the lincoln county sheriff released the body uh, the dead boy's picture in the local news quote i thought oh god it can't be you know it can't be zachary said Denise Thompson, who babysat Zachary Longo and his two little sisters, Sadie and Madison. Mm. She knew Christian Longo from the local Starbucks that they had both worked at. She continued to say, quote, you know, this can't be happening, end quote. By the time the Thompsons, uh, by the time Thompson got to the police station, the second body, a little girl had been found, weighted down Ugh. with rocks. Uh, Thompson identified them both as Zachary and Sadie Longo. Uh, quote, they were, they were young, you know, you'd never want to see a dead child. End right. Quote. Police hunted for Longo, his wife, Mary Jane, and their baby, Madison. Thompson told them that she remembered a strange conversation that she'd had with Longo the very day that Zachary's body had been found. Quote, he made it a point to come in while I was working and said, you won't be seeing them. Uh, you won't be seeing the rest of the family. My wife and I are getting a divorce. End quote. Thompson says that she was surprised by the news because the Longos seemed like a very happy couple. Yeah, but also divorce is a funny word for murder. Like, it's yeah. a funny way to call it. Divorce from life, maybe? I'm divorcing <laughs> them from their lives. Yeah, it's pretty like, fucked I, up. It, yeah, that's... Mm, mm. Well, it only gets worse. Mm. Oh, so good. strap in. Yay, uh, buckle up, buttercups. A surveillance tape taken just uh, days before showed that the Longos were happily shopping like any other normal family, and um, they had just recently moved into an upscale housing complex. Eight days into the investigation, divers dredged up two suitcases from the harbor just outside the Longos' apartment. One suitcase contained the body of Mary Jane Longo, the second the su uh, contained the body of Madison Longo. Quote, it meant that somebody killed these two human beings and stuffed them into suitcases like garbage and put them in the water. Either uh, Longo was dead and a victim or he was a suspect. And chances are he was a suspect. End quote. The biggest manhunt in Oregon, Lincoln County uh, history was underway, but Longo had a healthy head start. And one month before the murders, he'd casually written down the credit card number of a Starbucks customer. And now he was on the run. 
Before the police could catch up with him, Longo would leave the country and his old identity far behind to start his new life as Michael Finkel. Longo's what? Lo- yeah. <laughs> so All right, Longo's I'm going to lo- level with you. I didn't know this story. You didn't? And I was like, oh, all right, let's hear this one out. What the fuck? Yeah, it gets pretty crazy. So Longo's life on the run finally brought him to Cancun, Mexico, where uh, while Mary Jane's family was still reeling from the shock of the murders, Longo was partying in paradise. So while police were hunting him, Longo was beginning uh, his new life and he was uh, trying to be the globe-trotting journalist that he had always wanted to be. So as a fugitive in Mexico, uh, Chris Longo did more than just tell people he was reporter Mike Finkel. Uh, He told somebody, quote, uh, he was so good that he could speak about, um, sorry, this is uh, Mike Finkel. He was so good that he could speak about my stories, uh, his stories, eloquently and convincingly. And yeah, so according to a tourist, Tom Taff uh, Longo as Finkel was actually in Mexico on assignment. He said, quote, he was working on Mayan uh, mysticism. So he was going to ruins throughout the area, which there's a lot of down here in Mexico, end quote. Just like any professional print journalist, Longo needed a photographer. And fortunately for him, amateur photographer Janina Frank was staying at the same Cancun youth hostel. Frank said that Longo was the nice guy next door. And 48 hours brought Frank back to uh, Mexico to retrace her journey with Longo. And um, it took her as far as the Mayan ruins of South Cancun. But soon the relationship grew into something more, and it took a little turn for the romantic side. Uh, Mike Finkel said, quote, he did a better job of being Mike Finkel than I do, end quote. (laughs) Frolicking in the surf and sun, Longo was oblivious to the fact that the FBI were tracing the purchases on the credit card number that he'd stolen back in Oregon, and um, they were about to crash his party. A tour guide had recognized Longo's face on a wanted poster in the Cancun area, and the fugitive enjoyed his last moments of freedom smoking weed in a shack. Um, Good. Good. (laughs) His partner, Frank, said, "Um, I saw cars pulling up and lights and people storming into his cabana. So when the police raided the campsite, Mexico, yes, storming the, into his cabana where he is relaxing smoking and smoking weed and why not just living the like good life, yeah, with fucking stolen credit cards. That's not very Mexico. That's very that's very and just, just a traveling amateur that's, photographer. That's very narcissistic, is what he is. Yes. But like. Oh God! Like yeah. he he was immersing himself into that lifestyle, and honestly, yeah. I'm not like I'm a little jealous. I would like to be living in a cabana. It's just so crazy that you can so no confidently cares. like claim to That's be somebody else. That's what I mean. Else. That's the life of a narcissist. Yeah, but like, damn! Like yeah. he, it does have some good moments. I guess doesn't it? I guess. So when the police raided the campsite, Longo's new life came to an abrupt end. Uh, He was handcuffed and hauled off to be interrogated by the FBI. And for Longo, the party was over. For everyone else who thought that they knew him, the task of untangling his web of lies had only just begun. After two and a half weeks in Mexico, Longo found himself on a plane back to Oregon. Uh, He never spoke to Frank again. Instead, he would refocus his charm that would... Uh, become his next bizarre relationship with the person he'd pretended to be, Mike Finkel. 
The real Mike Finkel, freshly fired for his fictitious feature in the New York Times Magazine, needed some way to crawl back from rock bottom. And this um, is the fuck it. Like, yes. yo, when one door closes... Yeah, but a this is a fucked up damn, one to open. Uh, yeah, it's a fucked this up door. This is a door, fucking cellar it's... door to open. Um, so his ex-girlfriend at the time, Jill Barker, said, quote, Mike was empty. He was a little lost. He wasn't sure who he was. And Chris came along. The timing was perfect. He just came along at the right time and a real relationship developed, end quote. Um, Finkel said, quote, I thought that if I were... Uh, if I were to be truthful with Longo, an accused murderer and a possible con man, a person who might e uh, easily forgive deceit, then I'd demonstrate that I'd moved uh, to become, uh, I'd moved beyond the dishonest behavior that cost me my job. He was the only friend or person in my life whom I felt morally superior. Um, as the Lincoln County prosecutors decided how to handle their high-profile case, Longo decided to talk to only one journalist and no one else. Um, uh, he would speak to nobody else. So during the 50 conversations with Finkel, Longo promised to uh, reveal him the real story of the murders. Okay. And he told Finkel, quote, uh, he, cl he claimed to me that he had explanations for everything. And he told me point blank, no ambiguity. I am not guilty. Of course you're not. Yeah. Spoken like a true narcissist. Yeah. So in his handwritten letters over the next year, Longo describes himself as an essentially good man struggling to live the American dream. Finkel explained, quote, he needed to prove that he could not only make it on his own, but be a blazing success. But he also wanted to be a success so quickly that it blinded him to many things. End quote. Longo claims that the check forging was not an act of greed, but a noble attempt at keeping his business afloat for the benefit of his family. Finkel said, quote, if there's one thing that Chris Longo is a master of, it's justification, end quote, which is truly yeah. narcissistic. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something. Yeah. So as circumstances overwhelmed him, Longo said that he fell into a vicious cycle of lying, living beyond his means, and then leaving town. Oregon was supposed to be a new beginning. Instead, it proved to be Longo's final undoing. Um, he got the job at Starbucks, Finkel said, and made seven forty an hour uh, part-time to support a family of five, and that's hard. Once again, Longo refused to face financial reality, and this time he hustled his way into a ritzy apartment he really couldn't afford. But Longo was doing more than just spinning a tail for Finkel. He was cleverly feeding the fallen journalist his emotional needs. Finkel said, quote, Longo not only wrote letters to me, I wrote letters to him, and they were quite personal at times, end quote. One of the many things that Finkel revealed to Longo is that his relationship with Barker was starting up again, and Longo was giving him advice. It was like talking to a therapist, he had said. Longo had become a friend. Quote, I think one of the reasons why we didn't just talk uh, twice and say hey good talking with you is that there was something similar we have a lot of similarities end quote uh now against his better judgment part of finkel was hoping that longo would not be found guilty he said quote simply put on some level he was such a nice guy and i know that seems creepy and very weird end quote a little bit <laughs> yeah um but Longo had yet to explain how his entire family had ended up dead. And with the trial now looming, Finkel began to wonder if that he'd be, if he'd been conned like everybody else quote, if his story of 
his life could pass um, with me and I was grilling him on it, all the aspects of it, then it could probably pass with the jury. It dawned on me that I wasn't necessarily a friend or his confidant. I was his dress rehearsal, end quote. One year after his arrest, Longo was about to stand trial for the murder of his wife and their three children. Finkel was at the trial, eager to hear uh, Longo's theory of the crime. Quote, Longo had tipped me off that there might be a surprise the very first day of the trial, end quote. That's never good. Yeah. That it doesn't was, sound like it's going to be a fun surprise. Yeah. So it was one promise that Longo would keep. And on Valentine's Day, 2003, the proceedings began with a bombshell. Longo admits to killing his wife and their youngest child, Madison, but maintains his innocence on the death of his older children, Zach and Sadie, confounding everyone who is following the case. Quote, why would you admit to two murders and not four? And then, of course, he didn't kill Zachary and Sadie, but then who did? End quote. For now, the defense... I think I know. Yes. For now, the defense uh, leaves that as a mystery, but the prosecutors say that the evidence is clear. Longo alone murdered all four victims and dumped their bodies in the water. Quote, he didn't like being tied down to his wife and three children, and the solution for him was just to get rid of the children and his wife and assume somebody else's identity. To tie them down with rocks and throw them in the river. Yeah. That was um, Oregon District Attorney Josh Marquis, um, who followed the case closely. It might be Marquis. It's spelled like Mar- Marquis, but it is a name. I think it's Marquis. No, 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 no. It's Marquis. 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 Because okay. because I went to I worked with a girl whose name was pronounced like that, and then I was trying to remember how she pronounced it. All right. So Marquis said that uh, Longo is a sociopath who deserves the death penalty. He said, "quote He made a conscious choice to commit a cosmically evil act." End quote. At the trial, truck driver Dick Hooch uh, testifies. Dick. Yeah, Dick Hooch testifies Dick that Hooch. he met a man that he believes was Longo on the Waldport Bridge late one night. Uh, he said he offered him some help, but then he turned away. "Quote," he said, "his check engine light had come on, but it was off now." End quote. Jurors also hear about the divers' grim discoveries, and they are shown graphic images. The medical examiner says Mary Jane and Madison were strangled, but he cannot determine how Zach and Sadie had died. Finkel was disgusted by both um, with Longo and his own bad judgment. Quote, you can rationalize and talk and talk and write and write and write, but there's no way that a person can do that without having an enormous amount of evil in them. Unquote. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Longo takes the stand and tells the same life story that he had rehearsed with Finkel, his downward spiral and his excuses for stealing and for lying. And up until the trial, when Longo told his story, he stopped just before he would reveal why his family was murdered. But then in court, he finally continued. Longo says late one night after defeated, after feeling defeated over his desperate situation, he came home to his pricey apartment on the Oregon coast He sat his wife down and confessed all his lies, and then uh, he says the mild-mannered Mary Jane exploded. He says, quote, she didn't want anything to do with me at this point, end quote. Gee, wonder why. Yeah, of course. The next night, Longo claims that he came home to find his older children missing. Madison was seemingly lifeless, and Mary Jane was irrational. Quote, she was literally on the floor, curled up in a ball, bouncing back and forth, hitting her head against the wall. Can uh, you fucking blame her? Yeah. 
You made her crazy. Yeah. Women but- are women are right. Hang on. Soapbox, real quick. Whenever a dude says his ex-girlfriend is crazy, I guarantee you, bar none, every single goddamn time, she didn't start out crazy. You made I mean, her crazy. There are some people that are actually just crazy. And yes, Jodi Arias saying, is the exception. I'm However, not saying somebody with like a mental illness. There are some people that like. Oh, I'm not considering that to be crazy. No, I mean there like, are some oh, my girlfriend was insane. She had a problem with me emailing other women. Yeah. Um, no. 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 But it just gets it gets a little rough here. So. Oh, um, oh good. Then Longo hear. tells the, uh, the stunned court that Mary Jane hinted that she had killed their children, which is why he says he lost control. Quote, I grabbed her with both hands and I continued to squeeze and I didn't stop for a long time. I didn't stop until I couldn't hold her up anymore. End quote. Oh my Long- God. Yeah. Longo claims that he stuffed the bodies in the suitcase when he noticed that Madison was still breathing. Quote, I put my hand on her throat and squeezed. End quote. Um... But in a telephone interview with 48 Hours um, that was conducted in 2005, Longo said that um, he had a disturbing explanation of how he could have killed his youngest child. He said, quote, at that point, something else kicked in. And number two, I was not as nearly close to Madison as I was with my other children. End quote. Which is really fucked up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm, so like, I'm shocked. It, just because she was two maybe that's why you weren't as close because you couldn't actually hold a conversation with her like what i don't understand i i just that's okay all right yeah what like so yeah and no offense no all the offense that's not really a good reason to i don't know kill your kid yeah, just because you're not as close to them. Well, he already has uh, problems because he already killed his wife. He's so. got a lot of problems. Yeah. So, although no one in the court had heard that, Longo's testimony had already taken its toll. Quote, I saw that he was not only lying about the murders, but he was slandering his dead wife in front of her own family. That's what Finkel said. He continued to say, um, just blithely speaking, complete confidence in his voice. Everything was perfectly detailed. Um, in addition, he had said, we had an intricate relationship. We were friends of a sort. And after he lied on the stand, blaming his wife. And after I saw the photos, the feeling that erupted in me was of the utmost hatred. And that's not a word I use very often to describe my feelings. And it's not something I like to, it's not something that I feel very often. I tend to be a fairly spirited person, but I've never hated anyone more than I hated Christian Longo after his trial. When I realized his guilt and that um, I had been partially duped. The power of that hatred. Um, I'm not a supporter of capital punishment, but the moment after the trial, I really wanted Longo to be put to death. So Marquis believes that Longo's performance had uh, backfired. Quote, I think it hurt him horribly. One of, yeah, one of the things about a con man, and Christian Longo is a con man, uh, is that they can't stay off the stage. So coming up with some bizarre story, which they had wanted... Um, which they want to be able to say when they want to be able to convince somebody um, becomes almost pathological. Uh, It took the jury a little more than four hours for its decision. Christian Longo was guilty of all four murders. Longo says the verdict. Yeah. 
it should. I can be, agree with that. Yeah, especially he is like like Finkel had said. He's slandering his wife in front of her family. Her family. Yeah, his dead wife. Like you don't f- that Saying you that, like, killed. Oh yeah, I killed. Uh, I killed a two year old and my wife, but I didn't kill the other two. That was her. Yeah, that's believable. Yeah, it kind of actually reminds me of a movie that I'm not going to get into now because I don't want to. You may mention it. And so I'm not going to, for fear of spoilers, say anything. That was where I was going with that. (laughs) I said it much more eloquently before, but now I can't quite recall. Um. So Longo says that the verdict didn't really surprise him. He said, quote, I think I should be, I should spend the rest of my life in prison at the very least, at the very most death, end quote. Which, sure, I think that was the general consensus. Um, I mean, that's my general consensus. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> so in conclusion, Finkel said, quote, Longo was manipulating me, and there was a part of me that was using Longo to get a story, to help revitalize my career for some personal redemption, and it turns out that Longo may have been using me as a sort of dress rehearsal, a one-man focus group. Essentially, he was asking me to find holes in his story, any lapses of logic he wanted to know, and it dawned on me eventually that this was a story that he was going to tell the jury. And if he could portray himself as sympathetic, kind, intelligent, then he would, uh, then this would be the type of person... This would not be the type of person that could be accused of such horrific crimes, end quote. Which, yeah. I mean, yeah. Super fucked up. You, you're right. The whole but, story is just pretty crazy, though. Yeah. Like, I mean, like this whole thing. he pretends to be this guy. And the guy ends up, like, it's the whole redemption arc thing, and, like. The whole what? Redemption arc for uh, Mike Finkel. Because he, like, his career was pretty much dead, and then it gets rectified with this fucking story. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Like, this is... It's pretty weird. This is this is a weird one. Like, even for me, this is like... I'll take one, I'll take the other. But you've got, like, both of these people doing weird shit, and it's like, ugh. Like... Yeah. This is um, like somebody wrote this. Like, there's no way. I know it's real, but at the same time... Yeah. How is this real? So, actually, Mike Finkel went on to write a book about the case. Of course he did! Of course. It's called True Story, Murder, Memoir, and Mia Culpa. So, when he was asked about the authenticity of the book, Finkel said, quote, Almost every fact, quote, and detail in this book is either recorded on audio tape interview or it's written in a letter. Longo and I have exchanged more than a thousand pages of material, or it was found in a police report or contained in a courtroom testimony. And I was scrupulously careful in constructing the book, but even then I hired an independent fact checker, end quote. So, this was his one redemption yes and this was his one chance and he wasn't gonna let it anyone say that it wasn't true yeah i mean quite frankly this is one of those ones where it's so crazy it has to be true so i don't think he was in any danger of that but yeah. like god damn what a fucking door to have opened yeah like oh wow oh boy so in 2015 
this story was made into a movie, which was also called True Story. Mm-hmm. And it starred Jonah Hill as Finkel. Yep. James Franco as Longo. And fucking one of my James favorites. Franco, but good. What? I fucking hate James Franco, but... He plays a very good, like, pays, con man. Yes, he's because he himself is a con man, but we'll get into that on another day. All right. Uh, and then it also play, uh, stars one of my faves, Felicity Jones, as Love uh, Jill her. Barker, which was uh, Finkel's wife. Love her. And as I, I, like I said, I had rewatched it the other day. And at the very end, it said executive producer Brad Pitt. No way. Right? I didn't huh. know he produced shit. Oh, no. I, I knew he was going like the Clint Eastwood route. But really, yeah, I knew that for a while, but I didn't know that he produced something. No offense, but like so, like complex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so it got a Rotten Tomato score of forty-five, an audience really? score of thirty-seven, and a Google score of seventy-nine. I say so it, it didn't do that great. Wasn't that complex? No, it wasn't that great. Uh, the critics' consensus was James Franco and Jonah Hill make a watchable pair, but True Story loses it in their performances and the viewer's interest in a muddled movie that uh, begu- beguiles? beguiles. Beguiles, you got it. Beguiles its fact-based tale. I just felt that the movie, in rewatching it, I felt that the movie moved kind of slow. Okay. And the the um. I would say like the apex of the movie where it's Longo's trial and he um, he says uh, that his his wife did it or mm-hmm. did part of the murders. It wasn't right. as like impactful as it could have been. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Like instead of it being like this like slow movie and it builds up to this mountain, it just kind of went over like a speed bump. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't as like exciting at the end as it could have been. But um, I think James Franco was really good as uh, this type of personality. I think he should play a bad guy a lot more often. He does in real life. Yeah, well. I can't stand him. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Once I you solicit he's... young girls, that's it for me. I'm done. Like, yeah, they should I'm make out. a... They should make a biopic, and he should they play will. himself. No, oh, he should play himself. Oh my god, I would fucking die. Yeah, can I direct? Sure, why not? No, I think you're. I think you're being a little too like sympathetic towards yourself in this scene. I need you to really play it like you actually lived it. <laughs> I need I need you to play it like a piece of shit, <laughs> like the piece of shit we know you got are. it. <laughs> um, but yeah, as far as I know, that's the only real um. Uh, pop culture related stuff to this case but there's some really good um, interviews with Mike Finkel and stuff where he talks about um, all the time he spent with Christian Longo and it just seemed like such a weird case that I had to talk about it yeah no that's like I like I said I've never heard of this one but this is fucked like this is insane yeah like, this it's, is a real, like, I hate to say it, like, this is, like, a really riveting type of case. It just, it's, it gets crazier when you think that, like, Mike Finkel went through, like, this super low point. As he's at this super low point, he gets a phone call. Like, they show it in the movie. Like, he gets a phone call, and uh, he thinks that, like, it's somebody who wants to talk to him about, like, the uh, article that he faked or whatever. And the yeah. guy's like, I want to know what you have to say about Christian Longo. And he's yeah. like... 
who the fuck is that? He's like, well, he was pretending to be you. <laughs> so then he Didn't gets on like know? this whole this whole journey and he gets roped into this guy that he never would have fucking known. He goes it's down just crazy. the best possible rabbit hole. It's pretty crazy though. Like in what world can you essentially revive your career at, yeah, that has by, been by having your identity stolen? By yes, but not even by ha- <laughs> by by having like at, like simultaneously the best luck and the worst luck. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but anyway, that's yeah. my story. Well, no, but one thing that this reminded me of a little bit was mm-hmm. the movie Shutter Island. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's got Is Leonardo with- DiCaprio. Yes. Yeah. And he's he's the uh the the crazy guy and he thinks that he's the, the, the detective like, or whatever. Yes, yes. But they reveal spoiler alert guys, sorry. Um the crazy guy well, actually no you know what it's not a fucking spoiler alert because this movie came out something like like 13 years ago or some shit like yeah. that. yeah i'm like, not gonna spoiler alert anything that didn't come out within the last like two years oh no see i was gonna give it five years i'm nicer than you but no. like see the yeah. movies <laughs> yeah but either way no he says and it's like based on his recollections but nobody really like believes him per se that mm-hmm. his wife killed their children drowned them in a river and then he turned around and killed his wife because she killed their children yes yeah i remember that and that's what this was making me think of when you were talking about all of this and especially like kind of like the not the that he was intentionally like pretending to be somebody else but that he was being somebody else and all this other stuff it kind of makes me think of like a fictionalized version of this get like a hardcore yeah. fictionalized version of this case but it yeah, just it's, very it, true. it's got a lot of similarities to it because then doesn't it just... come out at the end that uh leonardo dicabrio like went crazy and he actually killed his whole family wasn't that's, that the the whole thing at the end that's the that is so the entire movie you're thinking he's the detective and they're looking for this person yeah and then it comes out that leonardo dicabrio killed so they think he killed his entire family in his flashbacks he is saying that his wife killed the children and that he killed the wife in response to her killing the children yeah but the wife and the kids are dead they come there he's he's got all these bodies around him some of which are in the river some of which are not in the river Mm -hmm. and then they're like all right get the paddy wagon yeah but you know it's it's nuts it's man a, it's nuts this the movie is nuts this story is nuts it's all nuts like i just wow yeah <laughs> just wow um, what a ride so you can find i'll post a bunch of the uh the interviews he uh mike finkel had a really good interview i think it was like with npr that i got some of his quotes from So I'll post a bunch of that stuff on the website, which is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. Yeah, it is. And you can go there to find all of our links for our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I think that's it. Um, Thank you to every single person that recommended us for the BuzzFeed podcast 2019 list we love you and appreciate you so much and obviously we'll keep you updated but also just thank you like yeah it doesn't matter if we make it onto the list or not it was just really cool to see that people like people message us and like i wrote a really long email i hope you guys get it which was really really nice yeah 
very appreciated just what matters more to us is like we love that we're making not making a difference like we're not making a difference like um we're making content that people i'm making people's lives much better yeah we're we're making something that you actually enjoy and that we're having fun while doing it so like yeah i don't really know how else to just publish this into space and i think it would have been fine for us because we enjoyed doing it yeah we the fact that people actually listen to this is nice the fact that people listen and appreciate it as much as we appreciate it like that's just that means the world yeah so thank you so much as much as i love doing like the big cases like researching dahmer's like uh, crazy like you can research forever but researching a small case like this was actually really cool so if if you like smaller cases and you want to hear about some uh lesser known cases then just let me know but obviously we're gonna have some heavy hitters coming up and a lot of more well-known cases and we're gonna be talking about um we got some well-known cases coming up yes well next week we're actually not gonna be covering a case we're actually going to be reviewing the new ted bundy documentary yeah series that's on netflix so we're gonna watch it real quick and give our first impressions of it and that'll be next week's episode so get ready for that it's gonna be a hoot you're gonna love it it's gonna be a hoot so it's gonna be a real uh, hoot Keep an eye out for that, and we'll be on all of our social media, so you can just message us whenever you want, and yeah, let us we'll know. We'll see you next week. All right, see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Bye.